0: Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here, and it's time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And uh, today we're going to take a look at another topic. We're going to revisit immigration, and there's a number of things, categories falling under immigration and a number of issues that we want to discuss today. And uh, I have an individual that's returning back to us that is our expert in the area of immigration. He's an immigration lawyer. It's Tyler Todd is back with the TIPS program. Glad to be back, thanks for having me back, um, appreciate yeah, it. I am so happy. There's so much going on that, about immigration. I guess <clears throat> uh, a couple of things that are going on that i I probably bring us up to date. Um, uh, we, we talked last time about DACA and expiring, and uh, I don't see any movement toward that. I see a lot of judicial activity and you being our expert <laughs> and then our attorney. Can you give us, the listeners, uh, an update as to where are we at with this DACA?
1: Yes. And, well, when we spoke last and I was here and grateful to be back, excited to be here. It's always glad a, a good to time to be back. here. Um, they had the Attorney General at the time, right? And that's another topic, maybe for another day of the rotating uh, cabinet of President Trump. But they, President or uh, Attorney General Sessions, had terminated DACA. And that was, I believe, September of seventeen. And they had issued the memorandum that after October of 17, they were no longer going to receive new applications for DACA nor any renewals. And, of course, that elicited a number of lawsuits filed against President Trump and the administration. And and so we have, if you recall, we have one lawsuit filed in California. We had two filed in New York, one in Maryland. And then two out of the District of Columbia, which you brought up in our last, which show. we talked about, right. right? And and then several months later, and those were and those were all lawsuits filed against the administration, alleging that the actions taken by the administration were illegal, arbitrary, and capricious, and they couldn't do that, right? They had to it violated due process, and there are a number of things that that that. Uh, those particular lawsuits alleged that they couldn't do that and, and that DACA needed to continue. And it needed to continue accepting new applications and accepting new renewals. So what happened was those particular courts issued preliminary injunctions and, and it enabled uh, DACA renewal applications to continue to be submitted. Okay. But it did not allow new applications to be um. filed.
0: So those are all backlogged now?
1: They're all—so what's okay. happened is those preliminary injunctions have been issued by those particular courts based on those petitions filed by those particular plaintiffs. And the the administration, the um, Department of Justice, have, they've filed appeals in all of those uh, particular cases. And now we're just waiting for the, the rulings from those courts to make a decision as to whether— Doc will be terminated. Whether the what the government did was illegal and they couldn't do that, um, and the government's even actually filed for certiorari up to the Supreme Court. Wow! And which is kind of an unprecedented move in some of those cases, and and the Supreme Court is waiting to determine whether they're going to accept. They've denied on some, and, and they're waiting to, 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 whether to they're waiting to see whether they're going to accept the others. But, but interestingly enough, in May. Okay. Texas and six other states, and then a few others joined on thereafter, filed lawsuits against the government saying that DACA originally was unlawful. Oh, my gosh. So we have several lawsuits saying we want DACA to continue and even to expand, and then we also have lawsuits saying we want to terminate DACA entirely. Oh, my gosh. So that happened in May, and, in fact, that Texas lawsuit we're going to call, we'll call it the texas lawsuit because there were six other states and then three or four others that joined uh, thereafter that they're going to briefing and oral arguments in january of, of, of so that's next month in
0: january of 19. so is that when they when you say a briefing we're not at the supreme court level no 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 i mean because they have their option they, they're going to pick and choose what cases if any at all correct and then once that once that year's up it has to start the process it has to start all over again is that correct?
1: So it'll determine it depends on what the Supreme Court does okay. but right now it it's all with the district court and the Court of Appeals level So the Ninth okay. Circuit, the Fifth Circuit, District of Columbia I think Texas is the Fifth Circuit if I recall correctly um, it, it's a it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. But one good thing that's happened since all of these filings, the Casa de Maryland case, um they issued and granted the preliminary injunction, but they also went one step further and said that the government cannot use any information provided by DACA applicants for their family members for enforcement purposes. Oh, that's interesting. So that's kind of a big deal because when DACA was originally rolled out, it was extremely underwhelming. They had there was a there was a big presumption that a number of people those eligible, of course, but a number of those people that were eligible would file and seek relief under the DACA program. But the, mm-hmm. but the number of people and percentage was really low because people were scared that if they submitted an application with their information and the information of, of that of their families, that it would be handed over to the government and they would use that information Absolutely. To seek. I can fully understand that. Right? and Absolutely. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the numbers were really low of the number of applicants originally uh, when it was rolled out. So that's a big deal because those people that now at least are avail- or that are eligible for renewals can renew knowing that the information provided will not be used for enforce- enforcement purposes for deportation. And that and that ruling members. was in Maryland? The, the CASA and I'll give it to you okay. it's the Casa de Maryland at all versus Department of Homeland Security and that is there in the uh, district of Maryland
0: okay so that when they make that that ruling is that just for that district in other words it doesn't have any national implications correct
1: well yes and no i mean it's for for that particular district but the ca- the, the cases out of california new york and, and maryland they, they're using that to have national implication. Okay. So you can say, That's hey, pursuant to that ruling, you're not allowed to use my information, and, and now the government has to actually go back to the, the District Court of Maryland if they want to use particular information. Okay. So, so it's a bit complicated, but they can't use the information. All right. So if you're listening and you're worried about renewal of DACA, about the information being used for enforcement purposes against you or family members, they can't do it. Okay.
0: What about, okay, we've got a whole group of people standing by that are not allowed to apply. Correct. So do you have any stories along that line? Where are we at or what can be done? So if
1: you did not previously uh, enroll or petition for relief under the DACA program, you cannot at the moment file a new application.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And the, so the Casa de Maryland case just had oral, oral arguments two days ago, three days ago. And a, a ruling from that court's not anticipated for several months. Oh, my gosh. So we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, a briefing is supposed to be completed in January uh, for the Texas cases. Um, right now we're just kind of waiting for a court to actually make a decision
0: and uh, give us some guidance as to what what's going to happen with the program. So, I mean, we're talking <clears throat> from a time standpoint, we're talking six to eight months. Quite possibly. Before even a, a, a decision at the district or court of appeals level is made. Correct. So all those people that are on hold literally are on hold. Are on hold. Wow.
1: And And in the meantime, we're hoping that Congress... Right, the House and the Senate can figure something out, uh, but obviously, with the most recent elections, that's going to be hard. Um, I mean, this is the hottest issue right now, Bob. I mean, it's the hottest issue. You know that immigration, uh, especially with the caravan, and right. which
0: uh, can you give me give us a little update on on the, the caravan? I've heard that <clears throat> the Mexican government got involved when they re- when they arrived in Tijuana, and they actually. Had buses available for, able, available for them to return them to their countries that they had left because they were so disillusioned and
1: right. Uh, the majority of them have returned to their homes and and, and the in the bulk, I think, you know, the 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 great majority of the the immigrants in the caravan were from Honduras, uh, a few from Guatemala and El Salvador. I think joined along the way, uh, but what I understand, the most have returned home. Oh. Boy. So, and that's you know that's an unfortunate part of the current status of immigration in this country at the moment is many many people like those in the caravan uh, came thinking that that asylum would be the answer, right? That asylum would be their ticket to residency or some form of status here in the United States. And what most people don't understand is is asylum is very 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 difficult to obtain and depending on who you, who you speak to but having spoken to uh, a chief counsel for uh, the Department of Justice in Las Vegas 99% of those cases are rejected and people are totally
0: unaware of that
1: completely i don't know i mean it's I hard mean, to say but i'm presuming I mean, you had thousands
0: of people marching <laughs> north to the US border assuming that they're going to get asylum, like it's just a process.
1: And, and I don't know whether the individual themselves believe that or that's what they're being told by coyotes and others that are trying to uh, charge people for transportation from these particular countries to the border. Hard to say. Okay. But I spoke to a woman today whose sister-in-law is detained in the Laredo Detention Center in Texas tr- from Guatemala, Trying to come over. Now, unfortunately, she came with false documents. And, um, that's another issue. Is, is, and I don't know whether she was told, hey, come with false documents and you're going to walk right across. Or are they being told, come to the country and just yell asylum? I don't know. But regardless, um, Just coming and claiming asylum is going to— Now, will it get you a hearing, and will it get you some time in the United States so that you can at least present the merits of your case? Yes, it will. Um, But ultimately, unless you can prove that you are a protected um, class, that you have legitimate fear—and they all do. Let's be honest. They all have fear. I mean, but that's not enough. Um, they have to be a, a maybe a family member of a, of a politician or a religious leader or um, a number of things that they have to prove to gain asylum. Okay. and, and it, so it's very difficult. I guess I'll just it's very
0: difficult. Okay, I've let me uh, switch gears just a little yeah. bit. In uh, today's paper, it says immigration raids targeting employees. And it said worker arrest by ICE has increased 812% in the last fiscal years, uh, which ended September 30th. And just uh, go along with that, they said that the audits were conducted, there was 5,981 audits, criminal charges filed in 779 cases. Um, uh, so these are the people that had gained asylum? Can we make that assumption? probably not. Okay, so they're just they probably they, have not gained not asylum. That's true, and what's happening is ICE is going in and going to the employers and saying we have uh, been notified or we're aware of there's you have workers that are working for your company that are illegal aliens and we're going to take action. Yeah, so more than likely
1: those employees of those of those particular companies are have not gained asylum. This asylum will grant you status meaning when you come in without a visa okay then you're seeking a change of status because at at, if you come in without a visa and you come in illegally you have no status okay so then to gain status you have to file a particular petition okay that would change that status to say I'm here legally and this is why whether via whether via asylum, whether via you marry a US citizen whether you're a victim of a crime. So your, your visa has to have some claim for relief, okay? okay? Some, some status that's giving you the ability to, to stay in the United States. It may not grant you permanent residency, but it, it, it'll give you a green card for under for various reasons, okay? So these these employees more than likely don't have any status, more than likely they're here illegally, and they're working. They don't have a work permit. They don't have a social security number. And so the number of audits that have increased obviously are, uh, in my opinion, directive from the Department of Justice saying, look, we got to and President Trump and saying, we're going to increase these audits and increase. Uh, we're going to do a little better job inspecting on the people that may not, or may not have a work permit. And if they don't, start the start the start start and put them in proceedings. And the justification for that is
0: national security. Correct. Okay. Correct. And so you'd have a number of Americans, that to be quite candid with you, a number of Americans that said, this is exactly what we're all about. We that, don't want illegal aliens in here. Uh, that's they're taking the, jobs away there. <laughs> you know, you, you've heard all the scenarios. Two
1: sides of the aisle is that, yeah, we have, uh, depending on who you talk to, exactly that's the reason why. And then... Are these good people that are working? You know, that there, there strikes some of the debate as well. If they're working, and they're working, a lot of them are working under false documents, meaning they're working with a with a, either a fake Social Security number or a Social Security number that belongs to somebody else. Mm. You know, one argument is, well, they're, they're, pu- they're putting back into the system. They are paying taxes because oftentimes they're filing tax returns. So, is it helping or is it hurting? Are they are they are they taking away? Or are they actually putting in? Ah, because if they're paying taxes, but they don't have any status, and so they're not receiving any sort of other benefits, Medicaid, or state benefits, and some do. But if they're not, then then some, well, one of the arguments is, well, hey, they're actually helping our economy. They're actually doing a lot of good. So I, I get both sides of the arguments, and, and I'm, I, they're, they're, they're not easy uh,
0: issues. Okay. I've, I've got something else here about new rules put green cards at risk. And it said a legal – the individual that they have here is uh, in Panama City, Florida. He said uh, he was a legal U.S. resident who entered the U.S. in 1997 on a Fulbright scholarship did not request assistance from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, as many of his neighbors did. And so what happened was he's trying to finalize his asylum application to become a legal permanent resident, and he's worried that accepting any kind of government assistance will jeopardize his petitions in light of the new rules being proposed by the Trump administration. And it says the new public charge rules. Uh, would limit the amount of federal assistance immigrants can receive if they want to permanently settle in the United States. But the complicated rules have caused widespread confusion about what kind of benefits, if any, immigrants can accept. Can you, can you are you, I'm, I threw that one. This is a curve edge. <laughs> no, you're fine.
1: So one thing that I think maybe a lot of people don't aren't, aren't aware of is when you file a petition for a change of status, You have to file an an affidavit regarding your income, okay? And you also have to have sponsors that in the event your income is lower um, or you don't have any income, that someone's going to to be responsible, in quotation marks, right, for that petitioner. Okay. And the reason why is the government doesn't want to um, grant a change of status to an individual that's going to come into this country and then be a drain on his resources, right? Got it. So, so that's not really a new rule where the, the administration wants uh, less illegal aliens or or permanent uh, residency card holders taking less benefits from the government. That's kind of, it's always been that way. They always. It's always been that you have to have somebody that's willing to, to step up and be responsible for you as a petitioner in the event you can't care for yourself. Okay. And so, although I think that's very frustrating for many, many people that are seeking and need government assistance, it's not a new thing. And um i think what's happening is they're trying to just pinch them a little bit more right they're trying to make it even a little more difficult and i think again that's president trump's response to saying hey i'm gonna crack down on immigration i'm gonna make this more difficult and again depending on who you're talking to some are all for it and some say why yeah. this it, is the land
0: of well the example I gave you uh, from uh, Panama City Florida he came in on a Fulbright scholarship right and so I'm not we're talking you know, we're not talking uh, uh, a very capable Ill, individual absolutely and he's he's gone through the the uh, candidacy and he was selected you know, right to be part
1: of that program. and someone that you would you would believe that we want to here in our country and someone that we would want to
0: you know fill our communities with absolutely it came in 11 years ago. Right. Now he's very, very nervous and he's afraid what's going to happen. Right. He's not going to gain that. Well, with
1: good reason. And there's a lot of fear um, because we just don't know, right? Um, we just don't know what's going to happen with DACA. We don't know what's going to happen with immigration reform. I mean, you can argue that President Obama uh, <laughs> won the ticket, you know, screaming from the rooftops immigration reform. Right. And... Uh, he had numerous opportunities, of course. Never, nothing in Washington is as easy as we think it should be. Um, but eight years and no immigration reform, and so the hope of immigration reform now under President Trump—again, whether you are for it or whether you're against it, and where you stand on that on those issues—I I I just don't know if it's going to
0: you know, happen. What's what, what is encouraging. Although I don't think there'll be movement either, what's encouraging that you have both sides saying yes. There's a lot of holes, a lot of revisions that need to be made for immigration to make it effective and move forward. And their own their own party, their own ideal ideologies, but they both sides have said there's there's some things that need to be cleaned up. Yeah, and I think you have to give President Trump
1: some credit, right? It, it's really easy because the way that he's and the way and the manner in which he goes about his business That's right. is, is subject to much critique. Um, but you have to give him some credit. I think he recognizes that there is a major problem, and I think he is at least uh, opened the door for the conversation to be had. Um, now, the way he's opened that door uh, makes many believe that it's not really a welcome, a welcome, hey, step on in, it's a... Hey, the door's open, but get the hell out. You know, what What yeah, are you doing here? That's right. Uh, you're not welcome in this house. So I I don't know, um, but at least uh, I, I think it's open. And I'm, I'm hoping that our Congress can really get together and do something because we do, like this individual in, in, in Florida, there's a lot of great people here that offer a lot of great things to our communities. And um that's why it's made this country
0: so great. Well, you think back, you think back of all of us are immigrants. Absolutely. Uh, I was just somebody in Holland. Somebody opened the door for us. For I me. was just in <laughs>
1: Holland. I was at an event, speaking at an event in Holland. And I addressed the crowd I was speaking to saying, my ancestors came from this country. And and so yep. I'm a, a, you know, a, <laughs>
0: Mine's English and Irish, so there you go. So So.
1: I I get the issues, but we have to do something because it's a major, major...
0: uh, And it needs to be cleaned up. Absolutely. Uh, One couple of really uh, quick things. One is on the border wall itself. It's a do-or-die situation, according to the president. Uh, You know, he's really holding to the government shutdown here sometime during the holidays, coming upcoming holidays. Um, do you really believe that the wall is an effective deterrent to illegal aliens entering the United States? No. Okay. That's. I just wanted to hear your opinion. No, I just and and, and
1: another. Uh, will it? I guess will it reduce? You know the numbers of those that are coming in illegally. Maybe. Yeah. But they have so many ways. That, I mean, there's just. Without saying, you know, I have talked to many, many individuals that have come over and, 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 and many of them have come in different ways. And so there's just, there's so many different ways. It's just,
0: you know, yeah. and the lengths that they go through to, to get here and, and to come is. It's um, it's um, remarkable, but it's not just here. We talked about this in the last time you were with us about internationally and in the Middle East and getting into Europe and things of that sort. So uh, all the major uh, countries the developed countries are really facing this immigration pressure because of the countries that they're coming from and, and the, uh, the the terrible situations that they're leaving their homelands and trying to get to at least be secure and moving forward with their lives and the lives of their children absolutely and their families yeah. Hate to say this to you, I told you this time would fly by. It You're right; has, it feels I, like it's been two minutes. I, I double checked my <laughs> high sign; it was, it's for real. So uh, again, we're going to have to get back together uh, probably uh, the end of the first quarter of 2019, and uh, how things are moving. Forward. I look forward I, to it, and I hopefully would love we to have, have you some. Back. Hopefully we have some decisions from these courts. I know, I know. I, I would hope that we would have that by then. But you said uh, even with the Maryland situation, some are using that. Uh, that decision uh, for making their own decisions, but we need something more dif- definitive. Maybe the uh, the Supreme court may be giving it uh, some look a second look as far as putting it on their agenda or their docket coming up. So, oh, yeah. okay. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> this has been uh, tips and we've had fortunately have uh, Tyler Todd, the immigration uh, attorney here locally for us. That's give us some, uh, Excellent information about immigration brought us up to speed on DACA and what's in the courts as to what's being reviewed. Um, the situation has not been resolved. There's a long way to go. Uh, but I, like I've said, I've I've hoped that uh, Mr. Todd will come back with us here in about 90 days, and we'll get an update again. I appreciate your time and uh, and uh, enjoy the holiday break. Happy to, you, likewise. All right. Happy holidays All right. to you as well. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That concludes tips for this week. Uh, you can listen to us at 3 p.m. on Fridays and rebroadcast at 5 p.m. now on Saturdays on KDXI 100.3. And also pick us up anytime, 24 hours, 7 days a week on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And believe it or not, you can even ask Alexis to go to Radio St. George Tips and ask for immigration. And we'll, I'm sure that Alexis will answer for you. Believe it or not, that's happening. So... Uh, We'll see you in a, or hear from you, or, and you'll hear from us in about a week's time. In the meantime, please have a safe and enjoyable holiday season. And this is Bob Oxley for tips and signing off.